This is Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri. I'm Bill Pollack. Habitat for Humanity has their next big project underway. We'll learn more about that. Sunflowers will do quite well despite the heat and drought here in Missouri. We'll hear from the Department of Conservation. And former Missouri Director of Tourism John Robinson traveled every mile of every Missouri state highway. It took him 13 years to do it. And he did it all in his 1999 Pontiac Sunfire. John's here with Cameron Connor. John, how did this all come about? Well, it, it didn't happen all at once. I uh, didn't wake up one morning and decide that I was going to drive every mile of every road on highway map. I got a map out because I thought I had been a lot of places. And I traced them and was really kind of shocked and surprised that I hadn't been off the beaten path very much you know, a road here or there, but mainly interstates and, and major highways getting from point A to point B. I was traveling a lot for many of the jobs that I've had, and I just decided that if time would allow uh, or after my work was done in a particular destination, I would just uh, drive the back roads and see real America. And so I started doing that. Over a period of time, uh, it became an obsession. Uh, so and 13 years later, I finally finished the project and wrote three books about my experience. So 13 years to finish, is that, are we talking this wrapped up recently or the, the, when did you, when was the start and finish when you, when you finally put the exclamation point on your journey? I bought a car in 1999 that has been my faithful companion throughout the entire journey, has touched every road along with me, is a character in my books, as a matter of fact. Uh, so from 1999 until 2012, uh, the first book came out in 2014. I um, drove, uh, I live in Columbia. I drove uh, from Columbia on a series of sorties. It, it wasn't just a continuous trip. There are a lot of great road trippers, uh, Kerouac and Steinbeck and uh, William Least Heat Moon uh, from my hometown. It's hard to live up to that. But they did more linear trips. My uh, effort was more like mowing a 68,000-square-mile lawn. And I did it in fits and starts, but uh, I kept at it. Mowing a 68,000 square mile lawn. I, I love the way that you phrase that for your method. You, you mentioned you bought a car in 1999. In order to traverse a 68,000 mile square lawn, that's got to be some car. What were you driving? It's a, a 1999 Pontiac Sunfire. You know, Pontiacs have uh, gone to the trash heap of history, but uh, Pontiac is a great old car and many of your listeners uh, still drive Pontiacs and some of the classics, obviously. Uh, this was a Pontiac Sunfire. Actually, its uh, name is in the book. Uh, the name of the car is the Riffness Kate Knopf, and I'll let listeners figure out how I came up with that uh, as opposed to Pontiac Sunfire. It's pretty easy. <laughs> so... <laughs> That's great. So, I mean, th this is just more of a like a personal obscure point because I took a I took a look at the state highway system map for Missouri, and when I'm looking at at it, it kind of looks similar to almost something like biology. When it, you you think about it, kind of like a cardiovascular system, you have your main arteries, and those are your main highways in Missouri. 
and they branch off to every little nook and corner to touch every little facet of the state. So it's so crazy to think about your journey and everywhere you've been throughout Missouri, whether it's the back roads, the main arteries to get to those back roads. What's uh, what about some of your favorite hidden gems? I'm sure you have some for every quadrant of the state. Well, you're right about the uh, vascular system. It's very much like that. And the smaller roads, the lettered roads are capillaries, and it even gets smaller than that when you're on gravel and, and dirt roads. And I've been on quite a few of those as well. My favorite place is uh, actually my very favorite place is the Upper Jackstall River. But uh, I'll keep that a secret <laughs> because uh, that's that's just my little piece of heaven in Missouri. Uh, and I know a lot of uh, listeners feel the same way. But, you know, there are so many wonderful small towns in Missouri. Uh, Lexington comes to mind. And, uh, Caledonia, Blackwater, Arrow Rock, of course, uh, Excelsior Springs, which has so much history. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. I used to work, uh, I, I wrote quite a bit for Missouri Life regularly as a columnist back in uh, uh, about 15 years ago. And they were always uh, looking to find stories about North Missouri. I found a lot of stories in North Missouri, and it, it is much more than uh, flat farmland. This is Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri. I'm Cameron Connor. We're here with John Robinson. Throughout many of his jobs throughout his life in Missouri, he's basically went on this amazing journey to traverse basically all 68,000 square, square miles of, of Missouri through the Missouri State Highway road system, north, south, east, west, wherever you want to put it. And, John, th this is something that I feel like a lot of Missourians would hear, and maybe <laughs> maybe they don't want to go to every nook and cranny like you have, but I'm sure throughout your books they want to at least find some of these hidden gems and maybe pick five or six of them to go on every summer. And I'm assuming throughout your stories and your books, I'm, I'm pretty sure you said you wrote three of them. Where can people find these books? The books are available uh, in bookstores around Missouri uh, and also online, Amazon, obviously, Barnes & Noble, uh, and uh, uh, they can actually find them there. Um, yeah, it, it has, it's been interesting to talk to people. These books are not travel guides in the uh, strict sense of travel guides. It's more about some idiot driving around aimlessly in Missouri and uh, looking at the next, what's around the next bend. So it was, uh, and it was very interesting. It was fun. I learned a lot of history. You know, it's, it's kind of interesting. There are a lot of famous Missourians. I was uh, uh, 20 years ago uh, as director of tourism for the state. Uh, I was in, uh, I was talking with the BBC uh, 20 years ago today, as a matter of fact, and the, uh, Londoners are not really familiar with Missouri, so I introduced Missouri this way. I said a uh, London newspaper did uh, an, a, a survey uh, a few years earlier than that, and they asked one simple question, who is favorite American. The top four vote-getters were Mark Twain, Harry Truman, Jesse James, and Mickey Mouse. And I explained to them that in uh, America, we would call that a grand slam for Missouri. <laughs> Absolutely.
The other way that I'd, I'd love to turn this, because we, we mentioned some of your hidden gems that you find as some of your most fondest moments traveling. If you're, co- if you're covering basically everywhere the sun shines across the state over time, you're probably bound to see some weird things, too. Is there one or two things that comes to mind where you were like, well, I didn't know that that existed, and <laughs> it was a little odd seeing it? One of the things that happened to me is that uh, down in the boot heel, we were driving along. I was actually driving with a reporter at the time, uh, a radio reporter from KBIA. Uh, we came ac- across a uh, cattle drive, a cattle crossing, uh, and we had to wait uh, for the farmer to get uh, the cows from one field to the other. And, and that was a little bit of Americana. But it harkens back to the fact that uh, Sedalia is the original trailhead for cattle drives, uh, as uh, evidenced in Rawhide. So, I mean, there, there are things like that. Cemeteries throughout uh, Missouri are just a treasure trove of information. And, of course, all you get as you walk through cemeteries typically is a name uh and two dates, and maybe a phrase about the person's life. But you run on to so many famous Missourians that are buried in these uh, obscure cemeteries around Missouri, and some famous cemeteries like Bell Fountain in St. Louis, which has hundreds of famous people. This interview, we're basically using this as a interlude to the collaborative effort that you're giving on a speaker series that's going to be happening July 13th at 9 a.m. with the National Museum of Transportation to basically just remark and talk about your entire journey. So is there anything else that you'd love to talk about with that speaker series before it comes up? Well, I'm really honored to be invited to uh, the National Museum of Transportation. It's in Kirkwood, uh, and as you mentioned, the date is coming up uh, soon. I uh, uh, have been a visitor to the Museum of Transportation many times, and they have a wonderful collection of of old railroad cars, uh, which is what I really get into, but uh, a lot of interesting things. And uh, their membership are very knowledgeable about transportation, not only in Missouri, but throughout the United States. So I'm looking forward to uh, visiting there, and we're going to have a good time. You know, one of the things, too, when I speak to audiences, I want to hear their stories as well. Obviously, as a journalist, I want to find out what you know about Missouri and uh, incorporate that perhaps into my next book. Hopefully they head that way to the speaker series at the National Museum of Transportation. This is going to be July 13th at 9 a.m. It's going to be with a special guest that we have right now with us, John Robinson. It's titled A Road Trip into America's Hidden Heart. And that's because John traversed every mile of every road on the Missouri State Highway map. John, very excited for the speaker series. Good luck to you there. And thank you for joining us on Show Me Today, The Voice of Missouri. And one last thing, the car actually won an Emmy. So uh, I will be driving the car, uh, hopefully, to to the uh, venue, and uh, it has uh, 311,000 miles on it, but it's still running smooth. So, And if you tuned in late to this interview or you want to hear more, just search Show Me Today wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll find this and so much more just like. University of Missouri encourages you to eat smart, like a tiger. Use the grill to cook vegetables and fruits. Try grilling mushrooms, onions, peppers, or zucchini on a kebab skewer. Brush with oil to keep them from drying out. Grilled fruits like peaches, pineapple, or mangoes add variety to a cookout. 
Find more tips like this at muext.us slash eatsmartlikeatiger. This message was funded by USDA SNAP. Having enough food is a concern for many Missouri families, and it isn't restricted to rural or urban areas. As many as one in eight Missourians face food insecurity every day. Among children, the numbers are even higher. To ensure Missouri children have the food they need to thrive, Missouri's agricultural community launched Drive to Feed Kids six years ago. Visit MoFarmersCare.com slash drive to learn more and join the efforts. Having enough food is a concern for many Missouri families, and it isn't restricted to rural or urban areas. Missouri Farmers Care Drive to Feed Kids opens the door for every Missourian to make a difference in the fight against hunger in our state. All proceeds are dedicating to feeding Missouri's network food banks who work daily to alleviate hunger. Visit MOFarmersCare.com drive to learn more and join the effort. Since Missouri's agricultural community joined together to help support the launch of Missouri Farmers Care Drive to Feed Kids in 2017, the drive has generated 11,224,132 meals that have all been donated to Missourians in need. Together, we can get Missouri food products on the plates of hungry Missouri children and their families. Visit MoFarmersCare.com drive to learn more and join the effort. Do you worry about how much someone drinks? Do you feel angry or depressed most of the time? Do you feel neglected or unloved? Do you feel that if the drinker loved you, she or he would stop drinking? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you are not alone. Not everyone trapped by alcohol is an alcoholic. Families and friends are suffering too. Al-Anon and Alateen can help. Call 1-866-200-0223 or visit alanon.org slash help. The United States Deputy Sheriff's Association is a national nonprofit and the largest non-governmental provider of services to law enforcement. The USDSA assists city, county, state, and federal agencies with free safety equipment donations and officer survival training along with cash donations to families of law enforcement officers who perish in the line of duty, college scholarships for the children of law enforcement, a citizen awareness program, and more. For more information on the USDSA and how you can help, visit usdeputy.org. We're back on Show Me Today. Now, Kansas might be known as the sunflower state, but Missouri is home to 16 different native species of sunflower. Maddie Est from Conservation is back with us, along with Anthony Morbeth. Hello again, Maddie. Uh, Listen, despite the heat and the drought, uh, the sunflower bloom will be pretty good. And I got to talking with some of our folks around the state, you know, asking, how are your sunflower fields doing? We've got a really popular sunflower field um, or a set of fields in the St. Louis region. It's called Columbia Bottoms Conservation Area. And they are still pretty well expecting their crop to be decent. It's not going to be, you know, the most fantastic crop they've ever had. Um, but they're expecting still beautiful scene of flowers and stuff. And, and here in columbia central missouri jefferson city a lot of our fields are still doing really well and it's kind of the similar similar thought process as columbia bottoms where we might not see the best um, showing of flowers but we'll still see some but i was interested to see some of our local management staff 
um, at fields all over the state say, you know, ours just aren't doing well. Some are saying that they're doing really well. And so it's almost at a local basis, which is very interesting. I'm glad you brought that up because um, we've obviously been following pretty heavily the, the, the drought conditions in mid-Missouri and uh, a couple of other parts of the state are in, I guess, what I would consider the worst parts of the drought in the state of Missouri. So I would assume, because I was also reading sunflowers are native to Missouri, I was reading, uh, I would assume that uh, the, the sunflower bloom in other parts of the state where the drought isn't as bad might be doing just fine. Right. So, and there's there's a couple factors, you know, is the field really the best site for sunflower fields? You know, are the deer coming through? Um, that's a big thing that we kind of uh, battle with the deer population because they love the sunflowers um, and, and other wildlife. So there, there are a lot of factors that play into the success of a sunflower field. And as long as we have seeds, we will have doves. Um, and that's our main goal. You know, we want to manage the dove population um, and just keep an eye on that. So it's it's so funny how drought, you know, isn't equal across the state and apparently now there are sunflower fields. So in spite of the lack of rain we had, sunflowers can grow just fine? Right. So the sunflower crop will still come up, you know, we'll still have sunflower fields, they will still bloom. Um, with that, the time frame might change. So usually sunflowers will bloom in July through mid-August. You know, it could vary a little bit depending on the conditions that the sunflowers have been growing in. Um, because basically sunflower fields, when you plant, you've got about 60 days until they flower. And with that, you know, if we've got a bunch of moisture coming in and really beautiful temperatures or really awful temperatures and no moisture, that will change how well the plant grows. Um, so in this particular instance, since we've had fairly mild June temperature wise, but not a lot of rain and we're headed into July and early July where we're expecting, again, not a lot of rain and a lot of heat, um, we're kind of looking at maybe some smaller flowers and a shorter bloom as an impact on, on the fields themselves. And so, you know, sunflowers can get really massive. I don't know if you guys have ever been really close to a sunflower, but it can quite literally be the size of your head with these. Not to mention the really tall. Absolutely. If you can even, you know, compare because you have to be so many feet tall to get up that high. Um, but what we're expecting this year is probably some smaller flowers, um, a shorter bloom period. We will have one, though. But I do think it's interesting and worth mentioning that, you know, sunflowers are native to Missouri, as well as obviously our neighbor Kansas, because that's their nickname, the Sunflower State. But, you know, I would have to assume that this is nothing that these flowers haven't experienced before. They're native to Missouri. They've experienced years where it hasn't rained. They've experienced years where it rains completely and floods and just, you know, they're just sort of used to this, I guess. Right, right. And, and if you start keeping an eye out as you're kind of traversing the state, you know, driving to work, driving to the grocery store. A lot of our native flowers are still flowering. Um, that's why they're native. They really like Missouri. Um, and so they're, they're doing pretty well. Um, some in some cases, you know, in other cases, more sensitive plants might not be doing the best that they could. Um, but that's just kind of what happens with seasonal variability. Variability. 
And if you're just tuning in, we're talking with Maddie Est, media specialist with the State Department of Conservation on Show Me Today. We're talking about sunflowers, and I think that this is some somewhat good news, especially considering in spite of the drought, in spite of the lack of rain, and in spite of the triple-digit heat that Missouri's been experiencing, Missouri sunflowers are still carrying on as if nothing has happened, albeit uh, maybe a bit smaller. They may not they may not be the size of your head. They may not be eight feet tall, but they're, they're still there and they're still growing, which I think is important and worth mentioning. And so we, we you mentioned Columbia a little bit. Can sunflowers in Missouri be found all across the state or in certain particular regions? They can survive all across the state. Um, you know, w- the Department of Conservation will plant specific, we call them food plots, um, all over the state. Varying success, you know, again, lots of factors play into the success of plants, but even individuals can plant sunflowers. I've personally had sunflowers in our backyard, and did they die? Yes. Was it my fault? Also, yes. Um, but I know folks I can't. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if I will try again. Um, But folks do have a lot of success with that. Um, A lot of individual landowners, especially hunters that want to hunt doves that really enjoy um, sunflowers or bird watchers really like to plant flowers that will draw in birds. And so if they love to watch doves, they'll plant sunflowers and there's varying levels of success. I guess they also have sort of a quicker lifespan. I was reading you supposed to plant them in May sometime, and they typically bloom in July or August? Right. So they really are, you know, if you're thinking of summer, you might think of a a sunflower, plain and simple, because, you know, it's got the vibrant yellows and oranges and the nice summery colors, and they really are the lifespan of summer. They're, They're beautiful. They're wonderful. They are thriving in the heat a lot of the time. They can survive. And so we we really appreciate what they do. And especially since Missouri is such a rich agricultural state, it's worth mentioning how the sunflower can and has in the past be used as a crop. I mean, in my particular case, I've got sunflower oil in my pantry, and that's just one of many uses, obviously. Sunflower seeds is something everyone enjoys because that's typically something you see when you go see the Cardinals or Royals mm-hmm. play. Mm-hmm. Anywhere there's a baseball field or a softball field, you're probably going to find some seeds on the ground. <laughs> So I also wanted to mention, because you brought this up earlier, um, it benefits the ecosystem as well. Like right. deer, doves. I can also think of like butterflies and bees who use the pollen and the nectar and things like that. So obviously uh, it benefits the ecosystem. And as we were saying in a previous interview, the circle of life, if you will. Right. And that's the really, really cool thing about Uh, If you take a look into our flora and fauna of the state, especially our native species that are really beneficial, um, if you manage your property or the way that the Department of Conservation manages our properties, um, it's to feed back into the system. Um, We want to manage for what the, the life needs that's on that area. And it's really interesting to see, you know, if you manage a certain way for one animal, other species will benefit greatly. And it's really cool to see. And if you're just tuning in later, if you want to hear more, be sure to look up Show Me Today, The Voice of Missouri on Apple, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts. Type in Show Me Today, The Voice of Missouri. Click follow, like, listen, and download and take us with you wherever you go, whenever you feel like listening to us. And 
a simple reminder, a good thing to close on. When going to see the wildflowers in Missouri, not just obviously the sunflowers, but when going to see the wildflowers in Missouri, don't pick them. Please don't pick them. Um, you know, we love, the Department of Conservation loves that people want to get out into nature. That's That makes us so happy. Um, and with that, though, be respectful of nature. Um, you know, pick it, leave it in a better state than you found it. And with that, again, we want the sunflowers or other wildflowers there to feed into the ecosystem. And I know it's tempting to take them with you, um, but we ask that folks just leave them there. Take your take your photos, you know, enjoy it, spend your time and respect it. This is Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri. Meet Ed, movie buff, animal lover, safe driver. Five years of driving an ambulance teaches you a thing or two. If people knew what I know, lives could be saved. When I see a car trying to rush past the turning bus, I get concerned. You see, when big vehicles turn right, they have to swing wide to make the turn. And that's a lesson you don't want to learn the hard way. When trucks and buses turn, let's you and I wait. It's, it's our roads. It's, it's our safety. Visit www.sharetheroadsafely.gov. If you talk they will hear you Why are we getting killed like this? Kyle's not here. Got caught drinking during the park a couple of nights ago. Really? Yeah. Zero tolerance. He's out for the season. Harsh. Hey, he knew not to drink. We've made that clear to all of our kids, right? Uh, no, not really. Bill, if we don't tell them what we expect and why they shouldn't drink, how are they going to know? Talk. They hear you. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. you try all the talks we've had over the years, including what you've told me about not using alcohol and other drugs, they stick with me. And believe it or not, they really do make a difference, especially at times that matter most. Hey, want a drink? No thanks, I'm good. So thank you, Dad, for talking and preparing me for what's ahead. Thank you for talking. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Hi, it's Tori DeVito. In every family, small conversations can make a big impact. Like when my dad shared his experiences as an alcoholic. Your honesty about that part of your life gave me a sense of integrity that I wanted to uphold in my own life. I wanted you to know from someone who's been in recovery more than 30 years now that hard work is what creates success, not alcohol or other drugs. I said it a lot, and I'm glad you took it to heart. Talk. They hear you. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. When it comes to vaping, the truth can get clouded. So let's make it clear. Vaping is not safe for kids, teens, or young adults. It's just not. Because vaping can put microscopic particles into your lungs. And dangerous things like metals and volatile organic compounds into your body. And nicotine, the same highly addictive substance found in regular cigarettes. Nicotine can harm a person's brain development through their mid-20s. Affecting learning, memory, attention, and impulse control, and priming the brain for other addictions. Vaping products also come in kid-friendly flavors that can make them appealing to youth. And many kids also use other drugs, like marijuana, in vaping devices. With appealing flavors, high nicotine levels, and lots of promotion on social media. Many kids think vaping is harmless, but it's not. So talk to your kids about the risks of vaping, because when you talk, they hear you. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Email from school about the incident today. Scary. Tell me about it. 
Did you have any idea that was going on? None. I mean, you saw Derek at the game last night, too. Did you have a clue? No. But you know, teachers like me, parents, we don't always know as much as you guys do. Kids hear first about what's going on with other kids. Half the time, it's rumors. It can be hard to tell sometimes, but if you're ever concerned about a friend who's having trouble with alcohol, prescription drugs, bullying, violence, anything, you need to tell an adult. Mom or me, a teacher, coach, school counselor, someone you know and trust. Dad, no kid is going to tell an adult about that kind of stuff. I get it, but if we don't know, we can't help. Speaking up about a problem, that's what helping a friend is all about. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. You're listening to Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri. Don't forget to uh, subscribe to our podcast. If you like one of our segments and you want to hear it again or you, you've caught part of it, uh, go to Apple and search for Show Me Today. Habitat for Humanity has successfully created homes, neighborhoods, and futures for families across Missouri. Ashley Bird is with Ashley Switzer about the organization's work in central Missouri and a building project that is underway. Habitat for Humanity International is kind of our parent organization, and it's similar to how like a McDonald's were to work, where they're independently owned and operated. We have our own board. And we have to follow all of our city and um, state's building guidelines and that kind of thing. So um, each habitat is a little bit different and does things a little bit differently. But here in Columbia, we focus on new home construction in partnership with low-income families. And all of Habitat's goal is to see everyone to have a decent place to live. And so the way we do it is through new home construction and a zero interest mortgage just for the amount that it costs us to build Habitat homes with volunteers. So some Habitats do have repair programs and ramp building programs and neighborhood revitalization and things like that. But um, since we have focused our building in uh, Columbia and new home construction, we've been able to accomplish a couple of subdivisions. And we just started a new one off of Brown Station Road called Boone Prairie that will eventually have 143 Habitat homeowners. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> 143. Yes, that, yes. How far away is that reality? Well, we can build usually five or six homes in a year. We have four homeowners currently living out there, and then we have five or six in various stages of construction. But this year, we were actually selected, our Columbia community was selected to be the Blitz Build site for 2023, which means this group of builders called the Home Builders Blitz, they are coming to help us build four houses in 10 days in September. So that means we get to work with four additional families this year that we wouldn't be able to normally. It's pretty exciting. So we've got quite a few years to build in our subdivision. <laughs> well, we, but this is a, time. yeah, uh, that's a lot of houses and a little bit of time. Um, and we talked about the Blitz build. And one of the reasons I want to talk to you is that this can involve the community, right? Absolutely. So tell me more how folks can get involved in helping out with that Blitz build. Well, so because this is a big, crazy event, they have been doing it for a long time and know the ins and outs of it. 
So halfway through a build, normally you have subcontractors come in and put all of the electrical wires in the walls and the plumbers come in and put the pipes in and all of that has to be inspected. So that takes some time. It could take three hours or three weeks, anytime in between. So they have us build four houses halfway to that point where the subcontractors have come in and already done that part. And then across the street, we'll have four houses that are just slabs that we can build up to that point. So this summer, we are actually working on four of the houses that we are going to be working on during Blitz Build. And we need volunteers right now to help us get ready for this big event. So um, we have construction going on Wednesday through Saturday every single week. We have two shifts a day from 8.30 to noon is our morning shift. And then from 12.30 to 4 is our afternoon shift. Then during Blitzfield, we're going to need about 120 volunteers a day to make this happen. So it's a really big deal. We need volunteers now. We need volunteers in September for the build. But there's so much more than just building that's going to go into this big event. We have to feed all of these volunteers breakfast, lunch, and a snack. So if you own a restaurant, work at a restaurant, catering company, and you'd like to sponsor a meal, that's a huge support to Habitat. If you don't want to do construction, but you can help us check in volunteers and pass out t-shirts, that's a big help. So we just kind of need all of the community to step up and support. We've got some amazing sponsors that have already done that, um, but it's going to take the whole community. And, and that's the whole purpose, right, is that everyone's sort of invested. And, and the family that the family that is getting that house also takes part, right? Absolutely. So each family that comes into our program, they do at least 250 hours of sweat equity. That's helping build their house and the houses of others in the program. And during that, they're learning all kinds of ways to take care of their home and maintain it. They're learning how their home is put together and how to use those tools so they can maintain their home throughout the years. Um, and then they also do education and pay a zero interest mortgage for their home. So they're working alongside you. They're paying a mortgage just like everybody else. It just happens to be affordable because those volunteers and donors are stepping up to support the efforts. Right. We're talking to Ashley Switzer, who's the director of community outreach in central Missouri Habitat for Humanity. You're listening to Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri. And if you want to hear more and get involved again, Listen to our podcast anywhere you get your podcast. But, Ashley, a lot of things come up with that. Obviously, we want volunteers, and you don't have to be a tradesperson, right? You can right. come in and learn and not make, not make the house fall down at the same time. <laughs> Definitely. Luckily, we have staff that um, are out on the construction site every day to teach you how to use the tools, how to be safe and use the safety equipment, and how to do the different tasks. That's one thing that's really special about Blitz Build is that usually we can have about 10 volunteers on site at a time with our director of construction just keeping an eye on everything because we do want everybody to be safe and produce a good product. But with these Blitz Builders that are coming from everywhere in the United States, they have the experience to lead a whole bunch of people, and we can break up into smaller teams to get a lot more done than we could on our own. So it's really exciting. Is there a an age limit? It, what what are some of are there any kind of requirements? 
Sure. So we do have to have uh, volunteers at least 16 years or older because we're using power tools a lot. Um, but other than that, there's no maximum age. <laughs> you can come out and support uh, after you turn 16 and we'll take you. You don't have to have any experience or anything necessary to, to come out. Just sign up. So I like power tools. I can show up. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> it is great to let us know you're coming. Don't just oh, show up. But well, that's the thing. We would yeah. love to have you. <laughs> they need to get in touch with us. What What is the contact information? So you can sign up online on our website on the uh, Support Us tab. There's a thing where you can sign up to volunteer for Blitzfield. And then my email is ashley at showmehabitat.com. And you can always send me an email or give us a call, and um, I'll be the one to schedule all of the volunteers. You can come out by yourself. You can come out with a group of people. If you have coworkers or your family or your friend group or a small group at church, you can always come out as a team or as an individual. Big picture on this is that the house is more affordable. It's not free. But we found, I think, over time that home ownership and a stability and a foothold for uh, lower income families. Absolutely. Well, this is likely the only way most of our families are ever going to be able to invest in themselves through home ownership. And studies have shown time and time again that home ownership is the best way to build generational wealth to have something to pass on, whether you are passing on the actual home or the money that the home has um, gained over the years um, as, you're, as you're earning equity. And these families are usually coming from rental properties that are a little bit older. So if, for instance, a three-bedroom home right now per month with their mortgage, their taxes, insurance, and a monthly maintenance account that we hold for them, most of the three-bedroom families are paying between 600 and 650 a month for their mortgage. And so that saves a lot of money for these families just on the front end. But having zero interest over this amount of time really, really helps. And like I said earlier, those volunteers are cutting down the cost of, of the homes in general. So these families are getting an Energy Star rated home. Their energy bills are lower. So they're able to save for their future a little bit more. But just knowing that they are not going to have to worry about their landlord selling their property or raising the rent to the point where they aren't able to live there anymore or whatever the worry they have is, they have a little bit more brain space that they can, you know, use for other things in their life. Maybe dream a little bit because they aren't so worried about that. The tagline of Habitat is that we build homes, communities, and hope. And we can talk about the housing statistics and the need for affordable housing in Colombia, but actually hearing the stories of these families is really what gets to the heart of it. And we had a family recently move in. She went through a very, very tragic experience just before she moved into her Habitat home. Um, her son passed away in a, a car accident. And it was just the worst experience you could imagine a parent going through. And the neighbors in that community, they planted a memorial tree and brought food over. And she hadn't even moved into her house yet. This is the kind of, you know, they're... 
moving into a house, but they're building a community with each other as they're out there working together, building each other's homes, then helping each other move in. And they have the support system for each other. Now, we don't expect all 143 to be best friends, obviously, but it is really nice when you can have that bond and, and support system out there if you need it. So it's a whole game changer. Most of these families are are, this is their their first thing that they've owned that's their very own. And you can see Jennifer loving her room or, you know, it's just so special right. to see how right. the neighborhood comes together once they move in. Right. There's no place like home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's yeah. it, right. So the Blitz Build is in September, but stuff is happening now. You can mm-hmm. get in touch with Ashley at Show Me Habitat. Show Me Habitat. At dot org is our. Dot our- org. Dot org. Right. Ashley Switzer with Central Missouri Habitat. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for joining us on Show Me Today. Having enough food is a concern for many Missouri families, and it isn't restricted to rural or urban areas. Missouri Farmers Care Drive to Feed Kids opens the door for every Missourian to make a difference in the fight against hunger in our state. All proceeds are dedicating to feeding Missouri's network food banks who work daily to alleviate hunger. Visit MOFarmersCare.com slash drive to learn more and join the effort. One in seven Missouri children is food insecure, not knowing where their next meal may come from. Drive to Feed Kids is a year-round effort of Missouri farmers, agribusiness, and farm groups to address food insecurity in our state. Through meal packing events, gifted food products, hog processing, and monetary donations, the ag community provides support to the agencies serving our most vulnerable citizens. Visit MoFarmersCare.com slash drive to learn more. That's MoFarmersCare.com slash drive. Check the back seat. Check the back seat. Come here. Check the back seat. Gets in your head, right? Good. Because every year, dozens of children are forgotten in the backseat of a car by a parent or caregiver. All never thought it could happen to them. But with changes in routines, distractions, or a sleeping child, it can happen to anyone. Parked cars get hot fast and can be deadly. So get it in your head. Check the backseat. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. One in seven Missouri children is food insecure, not knowing where their next meal may come from. Drive to Feed Kids is a year-round effort of Missouri farmers, agribusiness, and farm groups to address food insecurity in our state. Through meal packing events, gifted food products, hog processing, and monetary donations, the ag community provides support to the agencies serving our most vulnerable citizens. Visit MoFarmersCare.com slash drive to learn more. That's MoFarmersCare.com slash drive. Do you worry about how much someone drinks? Do you feel angry or depressed most of the time? Do you feel neglected or unloved? Do you feel that if the drinker loved you, she or he would stop drinking? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you are not alone. Not everyone trapped by alcohol is an alcoholic. Families and friends are suffering too. Al-Anon and Alateen can help. Call 1-866-200-0223 or visit alanon.org slash help. 
The United States Deputy Sheriff's Association is a national nonprofit and the largest non-governmental provider of services to law enforcement. The USDSA assists city, county, state, and federal agencies with free safety equipment donations and officer survival training along with cash donations to families of law enforcement officers who perish in the line of duty, college scholarships for the children of law enforcement, a citizen awareness program, and more. For more information on the USDSA and how you can help, visit usdeputy.org. You're listening to Show Me Today. For the last 20 years or so, Missouri S&T has administered the LTAP program, and there's a new $1.3 million agreement with MoDOT. Marshall Griffin is here to talk with Dr. Heath Pickerel, the LTAP director. Uh, Dr. Pickerel, explain LTAP. So it is a local technical assistance program, and it is actually a federal program funded by the Federal Highway Administration. And the uh, the funding in each state goes to each DOT, and then it is up to the state's DOT how they manage that program. So Missouri, like many states, contract that to a university. So here in Missouri, we operate at the university, much like many of our neighboring states do, uh, such as Iowa, Nebraska, and Kansas. So was it kind of a natural to have Missouri S&T administer this since uh, it is an engineering school? Well, I think so. Um, I can't take any credit for that. Um, this um, precedes my time here at Missouri S&T. Uh, we actually first got the program back in the late 90s, and then uh, MoDOT uh, managed it in-house for about two years, and then we have had it back here at S&T since about 2001. I came on board in 2007, and we have been fortunate to maintain the program um, here in Rolla uh, uh, since that time, so over 20 years. So tell us more about what the program does. So how does this how does this particular program serve transportation in Missouri? Yeah, certainly. So our focus has always been on training local public agencies, what is often referred to as LPAs. So uh, many counties and cities um, will recognize the term LPAs, um, and that is the term that MoDOT uses for um, any local public agency. And we offer um, workforce development training, um, also continuing education, as well as various types of resources. So we are, we are um, an, an avenue for these cities and counties to train their empo- employees on a variety of different topics. One of our most uh, common or popular classes is work zone and flagger training. So we instruct cities and counties when they are setting up a work zone and how that needs to be done um, in a safe manner to keep all of their employees safe while they're on a job. You're listening to Show Me Today. This is Marshall Griffin. We're speaking with Dr. Heath Pickerel. He is the director of LTAP, which stands for Local Technical Assistance Program, And it's uh, based at the Missouri University of Science and Technology in Rolla. And its purpose is to to help train and keep Missouri's transportation system up and running. 
Now, it says here that um, large catalog of courses available, which we've been talking about, uh, for a nominal fee. Now, I'm guessing that fee would be paid by uh, local governments, uh, or is it paid by the state? Who covers that? That's a very good question, and it is paid by the local agency, um, and that fee is $45 a person. Um, and that fee really does two things. One, it allows us to offset some of the costs um, while the program is funded by the Federal Highway Administration and MoDOT through their matching funding. Um, the, the cost of sending instructors out across the state, of course, is um, quite expensive, and so that allows us to, to recover some of that cost and then also do more training uh, beyond what um, the, the initial funding allows. Um, and then it also really holds these agencies accountable so that when they do register employees, they follow through, they send their employees to the training, um, and it allows us to better plan. Um, one thing I might add is that our training is also organized through a program that we call the Mo LTAP, so the Missouri LTAP Scholars Program. And that allows recognition of agencies' employees for taking our training. And we have three levels. Um, the first level is more basic classes, ones that um, we, along with our contacts at MoDOT and Missouri Division of Federal Highway, along with our advisory committee, feel um, are most important for employees who are maybe just starting their career in public service or um, public works that they would have. Um, some of those classes include the basic worker safety that I mentioned, along with the um, work zone and flagger, and um, the third would be a basic communications. And then there are some electives that employees along with their agency can decide to take. Um, and we do have some agencies throughout the state that use our MoLTAP Scholars Program as part of progression plans that they have to help their employees um, really take a, a long-term look at public work as a career. Show me the day. Hey, if you're one of the lucky ones who got tickets to Taylor Swift this weekend, enjoy the shows in KC. Thanks for listening. Back with you on Monday. Show me today.